Welcome to the Premium Finance Show. Interviews and insights from industry professionals, helping you use financed insurance to provide tax-free withdrawals and extended estate protection. The Premium Finance Show is brought to you by your podcast team, where having your own podcast is as easy as being a guest on ours. Find out more at yourpodcast.team. Now here's your host, John McDonough. If you have a team of people working with you and for you, and sometimes you really got to help get them motivated and help them understand the bigger picture of what it is that you're trying to accomplish to make your team a high performance team, you need to hear this conversation that we had today on the Premium Finance Show with Austin Hatch. He has a great story to tell, a very unfortunate story, but a great story of just mindset, belief, faith grit and determination and for what this young man has gone through and what he's been able to accomplish in his life and how he can communicate that to your team to help them understand that they're part of a bigger picture. You'd be well served to listen to this episode of the Premium Finance Show and even better served when you're done to reach out and book Austin Hatch as one of your speakers for your organization. See you on the inside. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Premium Finance Show podcast. And I am honored and thrilled to have Austin Hatch as our guest today. Austin, welcome, man. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, John. I really appreciate it. You know, so when I have this platform to have this podcast, when I originally started the podcast, it was to get attorneys, tax advisors, CFOs, CEOs to understand what we do at Cool Springs and the power of financing life insurance policies for either you know death benefit, which people do, or for you know tax-free distributions, depending on how the structure is set up and what the organization is trying to use it for, like a golden handcuff employee retention. But every now and then, because it's my podcast, you know, I can pivot and make a change if I want to. And I, Austin, you came and spoke to our national meeting of our managing directors the first part of March, and it resonated with me. You know, I watched the ESPN segment that they, they produced about you and your story, and that resonated with me. And when I heard you speak live, I knew in that moment, if you'd be willing to accept, I was going to have you on the podcast so that I can help get you out in front of as many people as possible that haven't heard your story that really can motivate and inspire their teams and their organizations. So thanks, brother. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. You know, I'm grateful that, you know, I'm now in a position to inspire others and share my story and message about, you know, overcoming diversity and grit and perseverance, things like that. You know, I'm obviously not grateful for what got me to this point, but at the same time, I'm grateful now that I can use the unfortunate challenges and tragedies that I've been through to help other people. And I feel like for me, that kind of, kind of turns a negative into a positive. Right. I mean, like, obviously what happened to me, there's nothing positive that came from that. The com- the events, the two plane crashes that I was in that took the life of my family. That's obviously awful, tragic, horrific, whatever. But the oper- no positives in that, in the tragedies themselves. But I think the positives come can come from the opportunity. And I think for all of us, like whatever we're facing, whatever challenges we're facing, nobody in their right mind would ask for a challenge to come. Right. Most challenges are negative on the surface. 
right? But I think the challenges that we face often give us the greatest opportunities. And oftentimes what we learn from those challenges will help us, you know, grow in a way that we wouldn't have otherwise. I, yeah, I just think if you learn to use your challenges, right, you learn to find the opportunity in it, I think well, it'll give us a, an opportunity to be a blessing to other people. So, And we all face challenges of various magnitudes at different points in our life. And then, you know, you have business challenges, you have relationship challenges, you have family challenges, health challenges. I mean, we're always facing something, right? Now, no one said that this would be easy. We weren't promised an easy path. But the thing that struck me when I was watching your video and the thing that struck me as I was here, you speaking to us and the conversations that you and I've had, because we've had a few conversations, is your ability, and this is what I really want to ask, is your ability to keep persevering and you call it grit and just keep grinding through it, but with such a positive outlook. I mean, so your Obviously, you were in a coma for a while and you had a breathing tube placed in and you broke your collarbones and your hips and multiple things. Right. And so your scholarship to Michigan was still available, but it wasn't really certain that you'd play basketball again. So the story that you know is sticking in my mind is you had a coach, your coach, when you flew out to L.A. to work with you, he said you told him, are you ready to be part of a miracle? Yeah. And that mindset is just so inspiring to me. Can you kind of explain to me? I mean, you don't know why you have that mindset, but can you talk to me about that mindset? Yeah, well, I think we're all miracles, right? We all are. And you don't have to go through something like what I did to realize that and to realize we all have something special to offer, all have a gift to give. And yeah, I just think it's, you know, it's there's a lot of people out there that, you know, something happens you know, whatever the challenge may be, you know, and they think, why me? Right. I get that. That's obviously a natural human response, you know, to wonder why something happens we, like, as human beings. We, I think we're one of the, you know, the only species on the planet that can actually put together, you know, try to comprehend the purpose behind or the why behind something. Right. And, hmm. you know, it's easy to, you know, it makes sense to ask why, but sometimes maybe it's better to ask why not. Right. And, you know, why did it happen to me? Okay. Well, it happened. Why not me though? Why not? Why not? Why shouldn't I be given this opportunity? And like, that's what I said before, you know, adversity is opportunity. It really is. Adversity is opportunity. And like you, I think I found it's important to find a way to turn the negatives into positives by shifting our perspective from only looking at the negatives of what happened to looking for the positives, looking for the good. And most of the time, there will be no good that will come from the events themselves, right? There's no good that comes from, you know, like losing a game on the surface is not good. Nobody wants to lose. Nobody wants to have a tough quarter a year. Nobody wants to have a bad, no one wants the economy to be bad, right? But when it is, like, it makes you maybe attack things from a different angle. Maybe down the road, that could be, oh man, that was, that was the greatest thing that happened to us. Like, we lost this game because of this reason, and we realize we need to really work on this and get this part of our game better. And then, you know, in March, obviously, you know, tournament time now, you know, you're peaking at the right time because you've paid attention to what to, to the mistakes you made throughout the year and the challenges, the games, you've, the tough weeks of business you've had, the tough whatever, tough clients or meetings. 
you paid attention to those and learned from them. And so that now that it's when the real time, when the crunch time comes, you're more prepared to handle it. And so I think just for me in life, like what happened to me is, yeah, unique, the two tragic plan accidents that I was involved in. Most people aren't going to ever go through that. Thank God. But everybody's going to go through challenges, though. And I think challenges are challenges. And I think the mindset that we have to approach any challenge will stay true, whatever the challenge is, because like, you know, a lot of people say, you know, just keep, you know, you'll, you keep working at it and you'll get to where you want to be. And that's true. I like that. And most people say, you know, when the things come, you'll rise to the occasion. You'll rise to the occasion. I don't think so. You don't rise to the occasion. I think you, you fall back on your habits, fall back on the discipline that you've created over a long period of time. Right. Cause I think there's a saying in the Navy SEALs, they say, you don't rise to the, t- the you don't rise to the occasion. You revert back to the, the level of your training. You revert back to the level of your training. And that's why like, you know, like the buds probably like the Navy SEAL, it's like the most intense thing in the world, right? Like yeah. the night swims for, for two miles, like, like, and then what I've heard people say is that, yeah, that training is really hard, but it's like, that doesn't even come close to what it's like running an enemy fire when people are going to like, like, right. So they prepare you not, not that I'm not, maybe it's not my place to give that example, but it's like, they do what they can to prepare you for the really hard stuff. Right. It also makes me think of the, the statement that says, if it were easy, everyone would do it. Right. Everyone would, you know? And so I think about the things that we deal with in our world, you know, rising interest rate environment, economy issues, we dealt with, COVID-related issues. I mean, there's always something that's going to be coming at us in business and in life. There's always something that's going to be coming at us. And, you know, Sam, the founder of the company is like, if it were easy, everyone would do it. This is why we are who we are and we have the success that we have. And finding the right people to go into, I mean, not to use that overuse the military jargon, but to the finding the right people to go into battle with. But when you dealt with it, it was very much, I mean, obviously you had your sisters and your uncle that was providing support for you and your coaches and your teammates. But when you were relearning this all over again, not just to walk, which is a miracle in and of itself, but basketball, and I'm watching the videos where it's a struggle for you to, you know, do the layup drill in the morning and kind of the repetition there. When it got hard, and your body wasn't doing what your brain was telling it to do, what were you telling yourself? What was that internal voice that you were, that that internal communication that you were having with yourself? Yeah, the internal communication was good. Good. This should be hard. If I'm, if I don't, if my goals are too low, I think there's a quote that says, one of the worst things you can do is say your goals too low and achieve them, right? And Someone was going to come out of a coma and find a way to make it to Michigan. Somebody was going to do it eventually. And why not me? As I said before, you know, why me? Why not me? Right. And what, like, like, why not? And I think just finding a way just to have some belief in yourself, have confidence in yourself. And also very important to surround yourself with people who believe in you and who want the best for you and are, are there to support you. You know, I think you really see what kind of friends you have when, you know, when everything's good, you know, you get a scholarship, go to Michigan, you're like on the highest of high, you know, you're like, everything's great. And then when you, a week later, you're in a plane crash that almost kills you. 
and you're in a coma for two months. I mean, I had friends of mine that slept in the hospital like for weeks on end when I was in a coma because like they were there, they were just there for me. And mm. yeah, I'm just I'm just so grateful. And you know, I think that all the support that I've had along the way. But back to your question about missing layups, like it's you got to start somewhere. You gotta you can't you gotta walk before you run. You gotta make layups before you make three pointers. Gotta right. And so it's just like and I think in life. Like, I think we can use the obstacles that we face day to day to kind of prepare ourselves for the big one, right? Not to get into life insurance. I'm not in the life insurance space. And I don't really, I mean, obviously I know it and I've, you know, been the unfortunate, I have an unfortunate appreciation for it with my dad passing and stuff, but like, you don't get life insurance for when everything's all good, right? You get it for if things by chance go bad, like you prepare for the big one. You don't plan for it but you prepare for it. Like you do your best to, and like, right. You put things in place so your family's protected. And if your values are clear, the decision's easy. I mean, right. right. you know, and, but, back, but back to the, what I was talking about with the, you know, overcoming adversity. It's like, I think what we can do with challenges that we face day to day, we can kind of prepare ourselves for the big one when it comes, if it comes. And I found it's better to be prepared for it and not need it then there's a need it need to be prepared and not be right. It's kind of like my wife, when you pack for trips, like she brings everything and she's prepared for whatever comes her way. I mean, rain, snow, sleet, hail, a drought, like whatever comes her way, she's prepared. And I, I think in life, like why not use the challenges that we face every day as opportunities to grow and learn so that we can handle the adversity that we'll undoubtedly face in the future. So what about that moment? Not so you're at Loyola. You've done your rehab. You're on the bench. Your coach says you're going in, Austin. Obviously, you made the shot, right? What I want to know is what were you thinking when the ball was getting passed to you? Yeah, well, I think it was, it kind of felt like old times, you know, because that obviously made a few shots in my day, you know, before I got hurt and stuff. And yeah, I just, you know, I think I, I saw the ball coming to me. Coach called a play for me. I saw the ball coming. Good pass for my friend Matt Justitis. And um yeah, and then you know, and I, I was open and so I just pulled the trigger. And did you have the thought, this is it? I'm taking the shot. I mean, you knew the play was called for you, right? And you had space to make the shot, otherwise you'd have passed yeah. it off. Well, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, you know, what do they say? They say shooters shoot, right? And it's like <laughs> and not that I was a jump shooter, but I used to be. And but it's like, you gotta go for it, man. You know? And it's like yeah, if I missed the shot, that would have been fine. No big deal. Like, you know, there's lots of shots missed every game. But just by chance, you know, I was blessed to have a, have a good shot and, you know, and it went in. And But, like, the thing is, like, about that, though, I mean, there was a lot of preparation that went into that. I mean, like, when I went to California, I was uh, barely playing any basketball at all. I couldn't do it. I could barely shoot. I could barely dribble. I could, like, I couldn't really do anything. But I... You know, when I got there and I got to work with Coach Hazard and we put in long, a lot of time in the morning before school and it was great. How many hours, how many hours was, do you think led up to that shot? How many hours of gritting it out and grinding it out led to that shot? A couple hundred. Yeah. Well, when I was in California, a couple hundred. But from the time I got hurt in Chicago to learning to walk, to learning to like do everything, thousands. Thousands. If you think about like the whole time. Yeah, the whole time. And, yeah. Yeah. So, so I hit that shot two and a half years after everything happened. So if you think about it over two and a half years, I was in a coma for the first, you know, eight weeks. So, so 
two years and four months of rehab, you figure, so call that, whatever the math is, call that 900 days of rehab. And I was, obviously there were days you took off, but like a couple hours every, at least a thousand, right? Whatever the math is. Oh, easily, right? A couple hours on 900 days is, you know, 1800 hours. Yeah. Yeah. You do three or four hours a day. Some days were probably longer than that. You're easily 20 to 3000 hours. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot. Hey, you know what? It's like, for me, like my thing is like, you don't put the, put in that time so you can make the shot. Like I didn't like, you, you don't know who knows. I had no idea what kind of outcome like my work would have, my rehab would have what I would be able to do. But like, I think it's just kind of like setting a standard for yourself, right? Like, like we probably talked about when I was with you a couple weeks ago, like the standard is the standard to me, the way you work, like how you do, how you work at anything is how you work at everything. Like, you don't really, most people don't work really hard and are super, super committed to one part of their life and nothing else. It's like, if you're really devoted, you know, really after like work hard at your business, you're probably going to work hard at other things too. Yeah. You're probably going to do your best to be a good dad, do your best to be a good husband, do your best to be a good teammate or, or whatever you're doing. So it's like, for me, it's like, that's just kind of the standard. You know, it's like, like my dad always said, go big or go home. And like the standard is, is going big. Like when I was going working to go to Michigan, it was at workouts before school, lifting weights at 5, 8, 5.30 a.m., you know, going to class all day, practice or workouts after school. So it was a grind. But I loved it. And but that would that kind of set the standard for me, right? And I'm sure, yeah. like for you, like in business, like like you're probably not you're gonna face challenges. I mean, I don't want to sound too negative, but there's gonna be challenges. There probably there already are. But yeah. it's like you've got a way you do your bit, way you run your business. When things get tough, you're not just gonna throw in the towel, right? You just you do what it takes. Yeah, if it was hard, everybody would do it. Back to for that. Sure. I mean, if it was easy, everybody would do it. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, it was easy. Yeah. So to go to Michigan on scholarship. You're a stud, right? What do they give out? How many scholarships does D1? Is it 10, 15? How many do they give out? A um, D1 program. Year, it's per year, it's like three to four usually. Yeah, so max so of... You, so you usually have like 15 guys on the team at a time. Yeah. So, Hopefully. and you're at Michigan, which is a perennial powerhouse in basketball. D1, it's blue blood, you know, elite, right? So you're a stud mm-hmm. and you're going to go play. Then nine days later, unfortunately, the plane crash happens and you're fighting for your life and you come all the way back. We just talked hours upon hours, thousands and thousands of hours to get back to the ability to even take the shot in the game. Not only just take the shot, but to get in the game. Right. And now you're going to go to Michigan and your role has changed in your mind. Even the role has changed. So what was your mindset and how did you adjust to that going from, you know, I'm a stud, I'm going to contribute to I'm here. Well, I think the, the big thing is being a part of a team, like whether it's sports, business, family, marriage, whatever it is, like as teammates, like we owe it to the team to contribute, right? Like my contribution before the second plane crash, like assuming I probably would have had a good career at Michigan, I mean, who knows? Maybe I wouldn't have even played much. I don't know. Like, I think I would have had a pretty good career there, right? And so my 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 career, my contribution to the team then would, would have been on the court, probably, hopefully. Like, score, rebound, play defense, you know, execute the offense, all that stuff. That, that's, that would have been my contribution before. 
The second plane crash took away pretty much all my ability, but it doesn't take any talent or ability to be a great teammate, right? Think about the team first. It doesn't take any talent to, to take pride in your role, whatever it is, whether you're you know, starting five or you're the last guy on the bench like me, like no, player number, number 15 on the roster. I was like, like, like the, I, I didn't play. And I, I mean, I was on a medical hardship scholarship, which is like what they give out to people who get hurt and can't play. Like, you know, you have a career-ending injury, you tear an ACL, like what happened to me. You commit, things are looking good. Then you have a career-ending injury, you can't play anymore. You stay on scholarship, but you're no longer eligible to play. And that's fine. You know, I couldn't play. I could, even if I was eligible, I probably couldn't have, I couldn't have played much. But I could still find ways to contribute, find ways to add value, right? And I, like, in my life, like, I kind of have a, I kind of sign a contract with myself not a literal contract. I didn't sign on the dotted line, but I have a commitment to myself to add value to whatever team I'm a part of, just to add value, whatever situation I'm in, I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to add value, whether it's speaking to your a company, like your team, whether it's being a husband, being a dad, helping my in-laws out with something, help like doing, helping with yard work, helping with whatever it is, like helping my like my other relatives out, like whatever situation I'm a part of, I'm going to do something to add value. I'm going to do something. If it's for my, like for my grandma, helping her with, you know, take out her trash when I'm there doing like helping her, like whatever it is, I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to add value, you know? And so it's like, that's just like kind of my thing. That's my standard. And again, not to say that everybody needs to have that standard, but I feel like if people on every team in companies would just be committed to finding ways to contribute, finding ways to add value, whatever it is, whether it's making copies or whether it's making big business decisions like you or your you know, other executives, right? Whatever it is, if you just find ways to contribute and add value, like the team's going to win, you know? I love that so. mindset. And I love that desire to contribute and be a part of the organization from a greater whole. And man, if every person in our organization and the people listening to this all run businesses and have organizations that they deal with and employees. And man, if all of our people got up every morning with that mindset, we'd be able to dominate our respective business industries that we're in. Because most people wake up on teams thinking what's in it for me, right? And they don't approach it for the greater good. And I'm not saying to be a martyr by any sense. Obviously, people need to be compensated fairly for the work that they do and be recognized and be appreciated. It's not that. It's, you know, we're part of a team, right? That's why I've always found that athletes of across all of the collegiate sports, but athletes tend to be really good team members in business settings because they've been through that. They've seen that. They've hit the adversity. When I hire people or people, you know, join organizations that haven't had the athletic background, it's not that they can't be that person. It's just they haven't had those experiences. So they're experiencing it for the first time in this setting. And it's a little bit different, you know. So let's talk about, you know, obviously business owners, CEOs listen to this podcast. It gets spread spread around a fair bit, I would think. I'm trying to promote Austin Hatch. I want you to come speak to them. So what would you say to them to at least have them reach out to you, give you a call? How can we get them interested to, to reach out to you? Well, I think, you know, my for any person, if your business doesn't experience any challenges or adversity, don't hire me. If you don't, if things are good, if things are just like absolutely perfect and there's no challenges at all ever, 
I'm probably not your guy. I'm probably not. But if you do experience challenges or adversity, or if you need to find ways to rally your team and get them fired up to keep attacking the next level of success or growth or achieve whatever it is, if you want to kick kick it up a notch, go to the next level. Like I think I can help you get there. And you know, I'd be honored to speak to any you know any organization on the planet. And like I said, you know, my message alone won't be won't two x your revenue year over year. It won't. But because that's up to you, up to your people, up to your team. But I think that my my presentation will kind of give your team a little push from behind, maybe help get them started on that road to achieving your goals, whatever it is, especially if you're going through something challenging. Right. You know, because I believe adversity is opportunity and, you know, the road to overcoming is hard. But I think for me on my journey, I found the biggest thing was to get started. Get started on on that road to achieving our goal, overcoming the challenge, whatever it is. So if I can add value in that way, I'd be honored. If your team would ever need some inspiration, uh, I think I can can definitely provide that. And like I said, if you don't need that, if your team is, everything's all good. Everybody loves, comes to work every day, fired up to contribute, fired up to be the best they can be, then I'm probably not your guy. But if if your team could use a little inspiration, you know, I'd love to have a conversation. And I can plug you here saying that we hired you. And it was a great decision for us. You spoke on grit and determination and very elegantly weave in your story, your background, your experiences with business topics and conversation. It was a packed house. So everybody, even people that weren't in the conference as a part of our team came into the room. You made us laugh, you made us cry, and you motivated us. So you did a great job. So for those of you listening, at the bottom of the link or the page for this particular episode, I'm going to have Austin's website, his contact information, his video on how you can get in touch and reach out. And I encourage you to give him a phone call, talk to him, and you will not be disappointed with the value that he brings to your team. Austin, hope you're doing well, man. Talk to you soon. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, John. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to getting together again before too long, hopefully. So all, all right. the best to you and your team. You too, buddy. Be good with the family. Talk to you soon. Yeah, we'll do. Thanks, right, John. Appreciate right. you. Take care. There we have it. Another great episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes at premiumfinanceshow.com. And you can find out more about all the ways we can help you at coolspringsfinancial.com. That's it for this episode. Have a great week and we'll talk to you next time.